We are fortunate to have Don Showalter on the show today. Showalter is the coach director for USA Basketball. Showalter was a successful high school coach and then the U16-17 men's national team coach from 2009 to 2018. He currently has 10 gold medals to his name, which is really, really cool. Anyway, Coach Showalter, thanks for talking some basketball with us today. How's everything going? Hey, great. Appreciate uh, you know, appreciate being on with your podcast and you know, in these day, this day and age with the pandemic, uh, you know, we didn't know what Zoom was last March. Now, now we everybody's been on uh, uh, getting getting zoomed out. I think so, uh, but I'm glad to be on with you. Yeah, well, thanks a lot. And you know, we were talking beforehand that uh, I, I really appreciate what you've uh, what you've done for me. There's a lot of uh, videos out there that uh, you lead on a whole number of things. Um, but, you know, uh, recently I was watching some of your transition uh, basketball videos. And so I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about that. So. Sure. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll try to get to the defense, but we're going to start with the offense. All right. So um, I would just ask right off, what would you say is the starting point for a coach when they're installing their transition offense? Yeah, well, you know, first of all, transition offense. I mean, every you talk to every player, and they all want to. Yeah, we want to really, we want to run, and we want to be transition offense. Nobody really wants to play a slow down game, but but you 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 know you watch them play, and do they really uh, do they really buy into to uh, the transition offense? And what I mean by that, and same with the coaches. You know, the coach says, "Yeah, we're going to run." Uh, but do they really buy into it? And I think when you buy into it, you you really have to set a tone that, that you're going to really initiate and look for break situations all the time. Not just not just when it's convenient or not just when you have a steal or or maybe off an easy off an easy transition. But I mean, do you push the ball every time? Do your players run the court all the time? You know, they say they want to run, but do they really want to run the court all the time? Type of thing. So I think that commitment in how you do it, you know, you look at teams that really run well, both the college level and the, and the high school level, uh, they, they do it on a consistent basis. Even after a made basket, they get the ball in, they push the ball down the court, they make the, the passes ahead. So that commitment, I think, is the first thing that coaches really need to understand. And, uh, you know, if they decide that's what they want to do, then they gotta be they got to be committed to it and get better at it every day. In your experience, what is the most undertaught aspect of transition offense that you see? Probably, uh, as, as I look at different, you know, I have the, in my job now, I have uh, the really neat thing. I, go, I get to go watch a lot of uh, practices, high school practices, uh, college practices, uh, because I evaluate players for our, junior national, for, our, for our junior national team. So I get to go watch a lot of practices. And when I do that, you know, I, th I think really the, the, some of the things that really probably stick out to me are spacing is really something that, that coaches may not do a great job at teaching spacing on, on, on fast break situations. Uh, you know, so, the, you know, the, the wing, the, you run to a wing and, and you don't run deep enough or to the baseline enough. So that clock sings up as the, postman comes down so I think spacing is probably the number one to me the number one emphasis of uh of that of that fast break or transition offense I think the second thing is you know do 
you know, when you get uh, the spacing along with uh, passing angles really is important because I, I think once, once the offense comes down, transition offense uh, gets down the court, and, and rarely do you get, you know, when we talk transition offense, we're not really talking layups mm-hmm. because, you know, against bad teams, you're going to get layups. Against good teams, you're going to have to have, to have a little more uh, in your transition offense uh, than, than, of course, just getting layups. You get layups off of steals more than you get layups off of rebounds and missed baskets because teams are too good with defensive transition. All right. Um, so just a quick question with all those practices that you go to, what are some of the programs that you uh, look at and say, man, they, they do good, good things with transition? Yeah. Uh, good question. You know, um, I think at the college level, I grew up in uh, coaching high school basketball in Iowa. Uh, so years back uh, when I was in high school, actually Ralph Miller was a tremendous coach at, at university of Iowa. So, I got to watch him, watch him play. Even though I was still in high school, I still liked the way he played that fast-paced game. And then later on, when I coached in Iowa, Tom Davis, uh, Dr. Tom Davis was very popular in what he did, both from the pressing defensive standpoint, but also from the, from the up-tempo uh, offensive standpoint. He did a lot of really, really good things from that. And then uh, thirdly, you know, uh, right now in, in Iowa, when I – I go back and forth. Our office is in Colorado Springs, but I can basically work anywhere. But I get a chance to watch Fran McCaffrey's practices at university. They they run a lot. Uh, they have really a, a good fast break offense there as well. But you know, through the years, you, know, you watch guys like uh, you know Rick Pitino. Uh, you know, Cal Perry does a really good job of of uh, transition offense. Uh, Duke Coach K does a great job of of, of offense transition offense. Uh, as well. So, uh, you know, uh, Auburn with Bruce Pearl, who's a disciple of Dr. Tom Davis, does a great job. So those are some of the college-level teams that I think when I go watch them play really do a great job of, of the uh, uh, transition offense. So my next question, it seems like transition offense is an area where a coach can give players some creative license to explore and make plays. So in your experience, what's the right amount of structure when it comes to transit transition offense? And then is there a point when there's too much structure? Well, you know, I think once you in transition offense, I think what you, you have a basic structure and then let your, let your players play out of that basic structure. Uh, and what I mean by that is, all right, you get them proper spacing, you get them filling lanes and now you let them play out of that, you know, penetrate, kick, uh, you know, feedback for a trailer off a of three, uh, those kind of things. And, and that, that, that teaches the players really how to play out of the offensive transition. I go back to uh, when Villanova won the uh, Final Four on a last-second shot a couple years ago. You know, really that was a transition offensive. It wasn't a play, but it was, it was the players were in the right place to make the right play because they uh, – they had a little dribble penetration to the paint. Uh, he pitched it, uh, pitched it back out to a trailer. And hit an open three at the buzzer. So you know you give your kids in the proper positions and then let them play out of that. I think is really important. Is that what you would do with your teams uh, with Team USA? Is just really focus on the structure and then and then and then let them go. Absolutely. 
and, and even my high school teams who were, you know, certainly not as talented as, as elite players we had it with USA basketball, but, you know, we, we would, uh, the number one thing is you, we, we send our, our wings um, and, and we designate which two man or three man, we designate where you go on your, on a fast break, but you, we, we say you run to the corner unless you get the ball early, uh, unless uh, there's an early up pass uh, from the point guard to you, if the point guard dribbles across the half court, we want you in the corners because too many times those wings, they're up in the wing area, and then that just clogs everything up from the spacing standpoint. So we want them deep in the corner. Now, we, we call it a bounce back where, all right, now if the guard comes across the court and they, they're not open in the corner, now they bounce back off that baseline, and, and then you can start your your secondary offense or whatever it is. Um, the other thing is I think if you always think that there's a secondary offense, then you don't really run your primary offense very well. So if, if, if the players are always thinking, well, I don't really have to run very hard because I know what's going to happen is we're going to get a good shot from our secondary. Well, then you're, then really your transition offense isn't as good because they're not running to get running to score. So we just tell our wings, Hey, you're running to get a layup and you're sprinting and you don't get the ball. Then you're going to go off from the, to the baseline area and, and be proper spacing there. So I think those, those are some of the keys. And then obviously you have your, you fill with your different lane areas. Uh, you have a player come down and run rim to rim. It's really important. Uh, and if you can have him run rim to rim, then you draw somebody with him. So now you're, you're making the, uh, the defense really collapse on him uh, as well. So uh, th- those are some of the different aspects that I think are very important. You brought up Villanova and that, play that won them a championship and, and you know and I think uh, if we look at a lot of championship teams they they run transition really well so uh, my question more is for around practice so yep. say you get about eight hours of practice a week as a high school coach uh, how much time would you would you devote to this part of the game transition offense great question I, I actually have a lot of uh, uh, coaches that really want to know about practice time and practice plans but uh, I, I just say we divide our practices pretty much up into thirds. So we have a third, third of our practice time, and this goes for my high school teams uh, and also our, our uh, USA basketball teams. But uh, So we, we spend about a third on skill development. And that it doesn't necessarily so – if, if we have an hour of practice, we'll spend 20 minutes. But, but it may be a 10-minute segment here, 10-minute segment at the end or whatever. But that, that's pretty much the rule we go by. A third, a third on whole offense and then a third on whole defense. And not necessarily in that order. So we may start out with our – we may start out with 10 minutes of fast break work or 10 minutes of press work. Um, so a two-hour practice where we're talking uh, about 40 minutes of, uh, of whole offensive work including in and that includes half court work includes your transition or whatever uh, but we spend and then in, in that segment we will spend about half the time so let's say we have 40 minute segment we'll spend about 20 minutes again not all at once we break it up a little bit on on uh on on the offensive transition work maybe a certain drill that we like to do uh whatever but we but we spend time every day usually in that 40-minute segment, about 20 minutes will be something with our, with our transition offense. And I think that's, again, it's really important. And, and really, your teams will do what you emphasize. So if you say, yeah, we want to run, but you never practice it, 
uh, they're going to say we don't really want to run uh, type of thing. So I, I think that's – you raise a great question there, and I think coaches need to look at their practice schedules. All right, what, what do I emphasize, and uh, is that getting across to the players? This is really what we want to do. I, I was going to ask, with your experience uh, about the dialogue between you as a coach and the player that is initiating that transition, uh, how should we be educating those players to make the right decision? Well, yeah, that, that's, that's another really good question because I think that comes in a number of ways. First of all, you know, it comes in your practice situation. And I think when you, when you have players – and there's a lot of decisions, probably more – you know, you, coaches – and I'm diverging a little bit here – but coaches and, and uh, fans think that maybe running a fast-paced offense is easier than running a, you know, half-court type of set, which, which I beg to differ because I think it takes a lot more decision-making, a lot more teaching to, to really run a fast-paced type of offense. And so I think in your practice sessions, you have to put many, many things – many decision-making drills in your practice session, whether it be three-on-two, four-on-three, you know, type of thing, so the players can understand these are good decisions to make in these certain aspects. And, and when you do that now, all right, if, as a coach, I'm going to certainly reward good decisions. In other words, I'm, gonna, I'm going to make sure I call out great decisions. So I want, I want to reward behavior I want to see again. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look by it and think, well, that's 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 one he should have made. No, I'm going to say, hey, that's a great decision. So what we get now is a positive reinforcement for the things we want to keep seeing. And then obviously you have to teach. You have to teach the other other thing as well. Hey, you you made a pass here. It wasn't a great pass. So what could help you make a better pass? Type of things. And I think once you get the players to see uh, that overall vision of transition offense, then I think they can see one or two plays ahead. And that's really important when you talk about trans offensive transition. And, and, you know, we've had some really, really good uh, players that play for us from the standpoint of USA basketball, you know, Jason Tatum and Colin Sexton and, and Brad Beal. And, you know, they were elite players, but they also had the ability to see a play or two ahead of what they had. So if they had the ball, if they made another pass, you know, and make a cut, they could get the ball back for a shot. So those kind of things really come out, come about in your practice session. And, uh, you know, I, I tell coaches, I said, I don't think you can be really good at 10 different, 10 different things as a team. You know, I think you better pick out three things that we're going to emphasize and we're going to get really good at. Uh, and one of them may be transition offense. But don't think you're going to get good at anything unless you have it in your practice sessions and work on it every day. And you can't work – you just can't be good at ten different things. Uh, you're going to be mediocre at all of them and not really good at any of them. I, I think that's a great point, especially at the high school level, you know. Yeah. And so, um, so we are – let's talk a little bit about that transition or that segue from the transition offense to your half-court offense. What were some keys that you found were important to teach to your teams? Yeah, well, sometimes you, you know, I think, first of all, like I said previously, I, don't, I really don't want the players thinking that we're running this as a secondary offense. I want, I want them thinking that we're going to really run to get a layup or a shot off the break. If we have the numbers, if we have the, 
advantage. We're going to take we're going to, we're going to take advantage of of the numbers we have. So I would I really don't want them to think and well you know what it's 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 maybe okay if I don't really run hard enough because we we're going to get a, another situation. But I think nowadays uh, and this probably wasn't true five ten years ago, but I think I see a lot of teams get into a regular flow of the game you know flow is a big term now it's used yeah. in order to get in your flow of your offense off a of transition the nba uses that uh some of the dribble drive type of thing is is really good to get into it but but you go from your spacing and then you're running your lanes into uh maybe a dribble handoff or a, a ball screen to get in the flow of your offense and again it's not that you are in my opinion I think the worst thing you can do is is have sets that kids think they have to play. You know, so I want to I want to give them in position to play out of sets. So like coming down off our fast break, we might bounce back off the off the baseline, or we may send a drag screen and dribble dribble the other side. So we're getting the defense to shift. Now we're making a pass. We chase that with a ball screen, and now we're into it. So after one or two passes, I think you should be into whatever you want your players to do in that half-court set. And you, you can do that by a number of different ways. You can do it through your, through your uh, we call our four-man, or you can do it through a player at the coming down uh, from the high post. You can do it through your low post player. Uh, we really like to, to bounce back and, and set a, a slot screen with our two-man. A slot screen, of course – you know, if coaches aren't familiar with the slot is it's between the free throw line area and the wing area. So what we do, for instance, we had Jalen Green with our USA basketball, who's a tremendous shooter. We'd like to have him set a screen for maybe our point guard in that slot area, and then he would pop to the three. Boy, you know, teams defensively wise will go with, won't cover that pop area, and it leaves him wide open. So those are the kind of things that we look to – to just go through and have the players understand these are possibilities. Now you go ahead and figure it out and play out of it. Yeah, we've been experimenting with that kid coming back up kind of against against uh, the traffic. And, yeah, that can be pretty devastating, especially yeah. if you've got a good shooter that can pop uh, there or something. Yeah, especially, uh, you know, I think any offer you should put that in because coaches should really look at that because it, it – it, when you come off that screen, uh, he's not rolling. So the defense, we we just said, for some reason, he's he's a lot of times wide open. Yeah, and uh, he has got a great great shoot, great shot there. All right, well, coach, you have helped us install a really good transition offense. So now we got to stop it. All right. So yeah. so uh, what would you say is a starting point for a coach, or what should it be for a coach in stopping the transition that we just installed? Well, first of all, two words, get back. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, how, you, how you do this in your program, I think you have to have uh, uh, some systematic ways of doing that. Uh, our, our offense, we, we have what we call uh, three uh, – when we, when we take the shot, you know, we think if we can really crash the boards – we're going we're gonna to stop a lot of that really quick transition offensive stuff. And so we have what we call three crashers. So we, we say, you three guys, whoever it is, 
you're going to crash the boards. And what I, we found out, and this has really helped us, we found out that a lot of times guys are, are kind of stuck in between going to the glass or getting back. So, you know, they're outside the paint and they're just in kind of no man's land. So not really good. Not really good at going to the glass. Not really good going back. So we say, all right, and, and depending on who we're playing, if they're a really good team, we may only have two crashers. But on every shot that we take, there should be, for instance, three guys inside the paint when that ball hits the rim. So we don't, they're not worried about getting back. All they're worried about is they want to get to the paint. We call these crashers. Then we have what we call one junk guy. The junk guy goes between the top of the key and the uh, uh, circle to, at the half line. So he's going to get long rebounds. So let's say it's, that might be our two-man and he's in the corner, shots taken, or he shoots the ball in the corner. Boy, he's going to sprint to that junk place area, uh, J-U-N-K. We just call it, you're the junk guy. That's where you're going to go. And then we have what the guy call, we call back, and that's usually our point guard. Sometimes it's our two guard. But, we, but as soon as that shot, we shoot the ball, he sprints back to the opposite top of the key. I mean, there's no He doesn't wait for a long rebound. He doesn't get caught in between that no man's land where – you know, he thinks, I can maybe get this rebound. No, you don't want to get a rebound. I don't want you to get a rebound. You are back right away. So that has really helped us in defensive transition from the standpoint that all five guys know exactly what they need to do and where they need to go. Now, like I said, if we're playing a, a really good team and it has a tremendous uh, uh, offense, and we do this with our high school teams too, but if we're playing somebody that's really got really a good running game, we'll you know, we may have two junk guys or two bat guys and, and two crashers and one junk guy. So, uh, but that, I think more than anything else that we do, that has helped us uh, with our defensive transition. And then from there, all right, you designate, you know, uh, the, the bat guy. Does he pick up the ball? Do you want him to pick up the ball early or do you want him to stay in the paint till that first pass is made uh, until other players get back? You know, does he, does he pick up the, the ball coming down the court across the half court line, or does he stay in that paint? Uh, my philosophy is he stays in that paint until he can buy time for, for two or three other players to get back. We, we want to make sure that the, uh, the, the paint area is covered, but now oftentimes too, you know, you, you, you look at teams that shoot those quick threes and once I, once I, once I get back, now I'm going to look for that three point shooter uh, coming down the court and then, and then my a junk guy will be the next guy down, and he'll take the paint area. So that's kind of our philosophy in a nutshell. Uh, we really like that. Uh, it gives the players some definite uh, places they need to do and what they need to do to, uh, in their, in their uh, uh, defensive transition work. You've probably heard this question. Uh, you'd probably be really, really rich if uh, you got paid every time you heard this question. But w how are you teaching kid, uh, the kids to talk on their way back and, and communicating and stuff? Yeah, I mean that's a, that's something. Even you know, I, I go to I go to college, you know, practices and even some NBA practices, and and uh, the guys who the guys who talk are are really some sometimes they're you. You, you emphasize that, and I think uh, on the court, we, we give some really, really direction of how to talk. Because I think, especially high school kids, you know, they don't really know what to say uh, on, when they're talking on the court. You know, we find out that comes kids guarding a ball might just 
you know, like, blah, 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 you know, they're really not saying anything. So we tell the players that you, there are three things you need to do to communicate. And, and again, this has probably helped us more than anything, uh, set a, set an example or, or let them know exactly what they need to do. First, first of all, we say you, you talk early. So uh, the guy who's back on defensive transitions, I'm back. I got the hole. I got the hole. So he, everybody knows that there's somebody there. Uh, there's no misgivings on that. Or maybe my man's setting a screen. So I would say screen left, screen left. You know. So you, there's some definite ways, uh, that definite things that you would have him say. So, so you talk early. And then you talk, you, you talk, communicate loudly so everybody can hear you. So if you're saying screen left, you, you do it loud enough. And then you do it uh, early, loud, and often. And we say often is th three times. So if I'm, if I'm back, I'm going to go, hey, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Loud, everybody knows it. Now you're giving the players some definite communication guidelines with how to talk uh, on, on the court. And, and we've just found out that has been really helpful for our players, both our National League players, national team players, because really they don't – kids don't really know what to say. And when you give them some definite – guidelines now they feel much more comfortable talking uh and and uh on, on the court with their teammates I, those are some some great points i appreciate that uh and i totally agree with you is that a lot of times we get mad at kids and it's just it's not because they don't want to they just don't know what to say you know yeah and i get i kind of get frustrated when i go watch high school coaches and and, and teams and and uh, games and practice because the coach is always, hey, talk, you got to talk more. You got to, well, they do, but give them some things of how to do that. Yeah, for sure. All right, coach, I know uh, you're a busy man, so I got a couple more questions before yeah. you. I appreciate your time. So this was kind of, we talked about this with, uh, with um, uh, the offensive transition. Yeah. Uh, what is the most undertaught aspect of transition defense from what you see? Well, again, I think, <clears throat> I think uh, not sprinting back. I mean, you know, that's the same with offense and defense. I think making a, make a sprint, sprint back. And then I think, uh, you know, the other thing is giving players uh, – uh, having them communicate on where they're at and where they're going. You know, so if I'm back on defense, I may be having to cover a three-point shooter. You know, I got shooter, I got shooter, I got shooter type of thing. So I think that's – that really – uh, is is one of the most difficult things. But, you know, you play against the better teams, and the better teams really are more difficult to run against because they know what they're going to do. They have their system set. And uh, um, and teaching them how to do that is really is an important thing, and that goes along with your practice session as well. All right. Um, in your experience, what are some characteristics that maybe we wouldn't uh, – that we wouldn't necessarily know or think of uh, when it comes to transition D uh, for championship teams? Uh, yeah, well, I, I think, first of all, the transition D, I think there's a couple things that really enter into that. Uh, the scouting part is really important. All right, what, what do you want to take away from another team that has good transition offense? I mean, is it their, is it their corner three? Is it their, is it their rim run with their, with their big – uh, you know, I watch Iowa play now, and, you know, they have Luca Garza, who's, who's 
great center. I mean, he's a great college player. I don't know how good it'll be at the NBA level, but you know, he he comes down, boy, he he makes contact early on the rim run at, at the top of the key, gets position, uh, those kind of things. So, you know, I think it depends a little bit on who you're playing and what you're going to emphasize. So take away, what are we going to take away from the other team initially? We're going to take away their baseline three-pointer. We're going to take away their, their rim run post player. We're going to take away, uh, you know, their maybe their wing shot or, or contain their point guard maybe on a, on a, on the defensive, on the offense. So the defensive transition really depends on taking something away and making the team do really what is not the number one uh, initial uh, thing that they want to do. All right, Coach. Well, I really, really appreciate your time. This has been a pleasure, yeah. and uh, thank you so much for talking to me and the coaches that listen to this sure. podcast. So. Yeah, you better enjoyed it and uh, be uh, be more than happy to come on anytime. All right, thanks, Coach. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Idaho Basketball Coaching Podcast. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email me at idahobasketballcoachingpodcast at gmail.com. dot